Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is Cruz Chavez, the youth pastor at The Porch, and I'm joined today by co-host G. Say what's up, G. What's up, guys? All right. Now, you guys can't hear him, but we also have Todd Gleason in the background. We're going to get this thing started, so he's going to be our... He's going to be our number one fan for today. <laughs> okay, uh, so just to kind of get this thing started, um, just a reminder, this podcast is solely, uh, as of right now, it's based on just a summary of what TJ, Pastor TJ talks about on Sundays. So this last Sunday, he had spoke on love again. And uh, one thing that we had wrote down, or at least I wrote down, um, was was how like even in um, in people's individual lives that we all experience different types of love. Um, And I think that was that stood out to me this morning, or not really this morning, but last Sunday when uh, Shannon and Chad stood up and Shannon gave her testimony. Um, of her walk as she was going through cancer and how her family supported her and uh, how her house church was really there for her. And I think to me, that is one of the coolest things because um, growing up, I knew that a lot of my family, they would say, your family is going to be the only one there for you uh, when no one else is. And I, th- I think that's, I think it's false almost. Yeah. Uh, because you have you have people who will move to different states or move to different countries, and you don't have anyone. You don't have any family members there, yeah. and so you're almost forced to uh, to make friends. Yeah. And what better friends to make than church friends, right? That's where I. That's why I really like house churches because you're able to connect within the church and make friends with other Christians and talk about the Bible and everything. And then whenever those bad things do happen, as we see in an example, um, they're right there with you, walking with you, which I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she's got such an incredible story. Uh, There are a few people in the church that have incredible stories. Um, I actually wanted to, I was thinking about this last week, whenever we finished up our first episode, um, I was like, man, I really wish we could have given our stories uh, on our first episode. So... I'm going to go ahead and, and give my testimony, and would you want to give your testimony today? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so that's where we're going with this. And none of this is planned, guys. Uh, I think that's what's awesome about this podcast. And it's just kind of whatever comes to mind first. Um, so I grew up in Texas. Um, both of my parents weren't together, so I was bouncing back and forth between house and house, um, and I know I'm not the only one that has experienced that, but I knew that through that, uh, the Lord is with me. And so uh, if there are people who are listening to this, if I can relate to you in some way, um, if that's the best way, then that's awesome. Um, But I grew up in two different households. Um, I went to one school, it's called uh, Terrell, Texas, and I graduated, or I didn't graduate, but I went to that school till about fifth grade and then moved over to Kaufman, uh, Kaufman Texas, which is about 20 minutes. Um, and that's where uh, I basically came to know Christ, ultimately. There was a, um, I don't think I truly grasped the concept of uh, scripture, of church, until I moved to uh, Kaufman, Texas. And I remember I was almost thrown into the church just because I was this new kid on the block. Um, my dad and his wife, they were going to First Baptist down there for a while, and they were like, hey, won't you get involved? And so I got involved, and it did not take long um, for the Lord to start stirring in my heart. And um, I don't know if they do this at different churches or if this is like a First Baptist thing, but when you're in... Uh, like junior high and uh, not really junior high before junior high, like that fifth, sixth grade, uh, you, you, you show up and they have this table set off to the side and you can earn like uh, tickets and you can buy stuff with it. You can buy like gum, you can buy other toys. And I remember that was one of the biggest things that I wanted to do. But uh, the only way I could actually get a hold of one of those tickets uh, was answering a question 
that <laughs> uh, that was asked during the service. And so oftentimes um, someone on stage would ask a question, say, okay, who knows what this scripture is? Who knows what this verse is? Um, you know, or you just kind of give your opinion on whatever. And for me, I was like, I want, I want to win one of those big prizes. I need to win one of those big prizes. Um, and so that, I think that started this, that's how God got started in my life was this desire just for this small ticket. And then I got more intrigued and more intrigued. And uh, then there was this lady named Beth and probably the sweetest lady that I have ever met. And so humble. I think she was a teacher. She, Her husband was also like the children's pastor. And um, I was sitting outside one day by the curb waiting for my parents to come pick me up. and. Um, she just casually walked up to me, started asking me about my life, started asking me about um, what I thought about Jesus, and I gave her my honest opinion, and it was like, this is where I want to be, like truly. And she says, well, hey, say a prayer with me. Um, and so I say this prayer, and I, she walked me through basically becoming a Christian for the first time, and this was... I think this was when I was in fifth or sixth grade. And um, it wasn't a couple of years later that she had passed. She also had cancer um, and she was fighting it pretty badly. Um, and ever since I've had that relationship or that encounter with God, I saw that the Lord placed her in my life at the right time because that eventually led me to be a strong believer all throughout high school. I wasn't perfect by any means. Was not perfect by any means. Yeah. Um, and then the Lord called me into um, to running. I was thinking I was going to go to basketball, uh, to college to play basketball, honestly. I was like, that was one of my biggest drives. I was like, dude, I'm going to college. I'm going to play basketball, 100%. No. The Lord was like, sorry, Cruz, you're like surprisingly gifted at running. So I switched the game up my junior year, ran, earned a scholarship to Roger State University in Claremore, Oklahoma. Go Hillcats. Uh, <laughs> um, and then that's, in my opinion, I think that's where my relationship with, with God truly developed into this, this idea that like, God was calling me to be a part of something much bigger than myself. And so I got involved at Harper Church I eventually met Jenna. Um, after I met Jenna, we got married. And then uh, I got a text from TJ Helling and saying, hey, um, I don't know you, but do you want to come and be our youth pastor at the porch? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, dude, I don't know you. My parents say stay away from strangers. <laughs> it's been downhill ever since. Been, no. Okay, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's been awesome. So it's been truly amazing. And so that's my story. You want to get a little bit about your story? Yeah. Um, me and Cruz are kind of similar. Um, I come from a divorced family. Uh, but ever since I was little, I have a twin brother. And we were kind of bred to fight people, if that makes sense. So we were like, at, we started wrestling at three years old, got into the MMA scene, um, did jujitsu and everything. Um, I didn't know this, but. My dad swears up and down, of course, it's most likely just a father thing. He says, you guys were so good. And we were like kind of prospects, you would say. we travel around the country, go to California, do all the fighting and stuff like that. And we're, we had like sponsors, almost got a sponsorship, would tap out and all that, like the big MMA thing. And he said that we would have been in the UFC if my parents stayed together. In which I was like, yeah, you may just be saying that. You, you may be, just be fibbing. But um, yeah, ever since three years old, we've been a part of that. And God was never really a part of our lives. Um, our life was going around and going to tournaments. And sports was our life. And all throughout my life, I, I, I knew of God. Um, I didn't re we didn't really go to church often. I don't even have memories of going to church until I was in middle school whenever I moved here. Um, I went to Union, Broken Arrow, um, 
and then settled in Inola in, in uh, sixth grade, half of sixth grade. Uh, moved here during winter break, but my parents got a divorce at nine years old. Um, it was very difficult for us. Um, it was kind of just my brother, my dad, and I, and we struggled, man. Uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't a good time, but my dad tried to make it a good time for us. I remember he tried to just love on us the best he could. Um, he, I remember eating ramen eggs and bean sprouts a lot because <laughs> that was the cheapest thing that we could get and i mean it had almost all the macros and everything so when you got to college you knew exactly yeah, what to eat baby <laughs> i knew what it was but that's what we ate um you know uh, we didn't have much in our house uh we just had like a couch and a small tv but um it was hard uh it wasn't a good time but what he would do to try to distract us is that um, we'd go to wrestling practice, of course. Um, wrestling was still our main thing. Uh, and then we, he would drop us off at the mall and literally have us stay there for hours just walking around just to keep us distracted, keep our minds off of things. Or we would go into the movies and get this. This is what we would do. We'd go into the movies. It was like the dollar movies a long time ago where Synergy is. I think that's what it, where it is now. But um, we'd go to the movies and then we'd watch one movie. And go movie hopping. Oh my just goodness! All throughout the day, that's what we do. We just movie hop until the night was out, until it was nighttime, and we go back home and go to sleep. And so that's kind of what my childhood was. You're truly not a movie goer if you have never <laughs> movie hopped. Exactly. <laughs> like honestly, man. If you I, buy, and if you buy your candy at the movies, well, nowadays. Oh my gosh! Now, now I do. Dollar Tree. Yeah, right. I go to right. Dollar Tree. Forget about buying that five dollar stuff. Go to Dollar Tree, man. They right. don't care if you bring it in. Um, but in sixth grade, whenever I moved to Inola, um, I felt like I stepped back in time because I went to Broken Arrow and Union, which were heavily funded. They had all the technology and everything. Whenever I came to Inola, I felt like I was back in the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> Oh my goodness! It was like like walking into a saloon. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I remember I walked into class. We were walking through the school, and I just it was my brother and I, Caleb. He's my twin brother, by the way. If you guys didn't know, but um, we walked into class. And we just looked around. We we're like, "What the heck is this place?" Because we're used to like technology being everywhere, computers. I mean, I know I had smart boards, but. Their smart boards looked a little old, but it's yeah. like <laughs> the ones at BA, they're really nice. And we're like, what the heck is this place? And then we, um, of course, went through school and everything. And we got invited by my friend. I believe it was Danny. I mean, we, we kind of made friends uh, pretty easily, but we went to First Baptist. That's where we started to go. And that's whenever I first started actually going to church. And it wasn't for good reasons either. The many, most of the time whenever we went to church, it was just to chase girls and stuff like that. So we didn't really, I didn't really um, take in the word of God and everything because uh, I was being there for friends. That's mm -hmm. what I was there for. Um, fast forward to high school. Uh, I stopped going to church, but I went to church on Sundays with my dad whenever I was with him. I went to Asbury, but on Wednesdays, I didn't go at all. Um, went through high school, you know. Did what a high schooler does. Not very proud of it, but moved on to my junior year. And I remember uh, we came home from practice one day and Caleb was like, uh, let's go to the porch. Coster invited me. Like, yeah, that'd be fun. So we went and then we started going a little bit here and there um, on and off. But it wasn't like that's what we're going to do on a Wednesday. And it was like when it was convenient for us, we're going to go. And then senior year rolls around. And then that's whenever, I don't know what happened, but we just started, just kept on going. And it was like, that's what we're going to do on Wednesdays. And it was my brother and I, that's who we, we that's who would go. And um, of course, there's other kids at the porch and everything. And it was fun. Our friends were there. And instead of something clicked in my mind, it was like, why would I go to church? Whenever I'm there to listen to Coster preach and just be there for friends, why would I want to just be at church for friends? So I, just, so I started paying attention more. Um, totally skipped over this, but 
my uh, junior year, I went to on a mission trip because I thought it'd be fun. I never went on a mission trip before. <laughs> um, it was <laughs> California. Tyler has some good memories of that. But um, that trip really turned something in my heart. Um, I remember at the end of it, we went to the Grand Canyon and everything. And what we did that week is that we went and went to a homeless shelter. We um, did some work over there. Then we did VBS at this church. And on our way back, I was riding in a van and I was listening to worship music. And I just felt this overwhelming feeling of like, am I about to cry right now? Why am I going to cry? I'm just listening to music. <laughs> and I was like, I remember looking up. You know how whenever you look up, just to hide tears, just to try not to cry. And I'm like doing that. And I, my breath is starting to get shaky. I'm like, <sighs> and it's try not to cry. But that's whenever I felt like I grasped the love that God gives to us and the love that flowed over me was undeniable. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that was my first true encounter with God. And then go on, uh, senior year, go on a mission trip to Africa. It was amazing. It was awesome. Um, did work over there, put up fences, hung out with the orphanage nice. and stuff like yeah. that. And then I moved off to college and I went to Oklahoma State with my brother. Uh, and we didn't really start. That's whenever I started falling away from it, um, falling away from the church. And, uh, you know, did did some bad things. Um, you know, the typical college kid. Yeah, but did all that. And then my it was my second year. Uh, I knew. I, what I went to college and what I intended to do was become a physical therapist. But then I started looking at the data and looking at the sheet and everything. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. So I moved to here. This is my first year at Roger State. And then um, I was a sponsor a little bit during my, uh, like, through my freshman and sophomore years of college. And that's what I did. I was a sponsor. I went and hung out with the kids whenever I was back here and stuff, but like during the summer, but I wasn't really, really, really serious about it. You know, it was fun. Coster had me be his intern and everything. And, um, whenever I be here recently, um, whenever I moved back and was actually, am now part of the youth and part of being a sponsor. Um, it just feels like, I can't get away from his word, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And so I feel like I'm in, I, I'm in a good place, um, right now, which I'm very happy about. Uh, the Lord has done so much for me. I got baptized during the summer. Um, whenever I moved back, uh, that was my first actual baptism. And it, I feel like ever since then, I just been running. I just been running. Nice. So. Nice. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's uh that's really good stuff. I think, um, whenever you said you went off to college and <clears throat> you kind of started falling away from church, I've heard this said by my father-in-law probably a dozen times because he's one of those guys that will repeat the same thing. Yep. And you're you like him too much to tell him, "Hey, you've already told me that." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I he he's told me so many times, but it's true. Um, like eighty percent of people who graduate, probably more, who graduate from high school, they also graduate from church. Yeah. And that is, that's sad because yeah. um, I've also been told that college is also the number one spot where you're going to come to know Christ even more. Mm -hmm. That's exactly. And, and so whenever I went off to college, <clears throat> it took me a little bit to get involved, um, but it didn't take very long. Yeah. Uh, I knew where I wanted to be. And so I, I jumped in. And it was through through uh, leading ministry as a, as a sponsor, like you're talking about. I mean, that's truly where growth. That's where God was like, "Hey, you have a responsibility." Into that. And so, uh, I don't know. For those of you who are thinking about coming to church, I'm not sure if you want to come back. I mean, I like it's worth it. Yeah, and, come as you are, baby. Yeah, What's that one song, Crowder. Is that by Crowder? Come as you are. Yeah. <laughs> and for those who are about to graduate from high school, um, 
Like I really want to talk. I well, I want this to speak directly to you because it. You don't have to just graduate from church when you graduate from high school. Uh, I think that's a time to graduate from the youth and figure out, okay, what does the Lord have for you in this next season? Uh, and honestly, I feel like that this is where most people find their gift, uh, like what, what God has gifted them with. Um, not everyone is... Not everyone can be gifted like Tyler Gleason <laughs> right off the bat and just know exactly what they're what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, but I love that guy so much. <laughs> <laughs> He's something special. He's something special. Okay. All right. So we're going to jump into some scripture here um, just to get back into it. So one of the first things that, uh, again, we're talking about love. Uh, love is patient. And 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 is what TJ had spoke on. Um, So let me flip to that real quick. And it says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. and is not arrogant or rude. Um, He stopped at the love is patient. And he starts talking about how Paul is talking to a, a prideful people. But still, he's talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever he said that, for me, it's it makes it more apparent that 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 people have been struggling with the same thing for over two thousand years, oh, yeah. and that's what I guess that's what's relatable, right? So Paul is talking to a church who's obviously struggling with this pride issue, and so he addresses that love is patient. And I think what's, what's super difficult even about that aspect of love is you put that into a household between siblings and it's almost like you have no patience whatsoever with your sibling oh, yeah. hmm. or with your, with your uncle and aunt or with your mom and dad. It's like all that patience is just thrown out the window. Especially it's like with the people that's closest to you. And that you like love the most. It's like you treat them the worst in a, in a way. You know what I mean? That's kind of like if you're you you love them the most, but then how you would treat random people that you would meet, you wouldn't treat them like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that's that was an interesting thing that when TJ was saying Paul is talking to prideful people, but still talking to people. Um, I think that was awesome. So then um, this this is about the idea that God uh, does not retaliate. Do you remember him saying that on Sunday? Uh, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> I was writing down too many notes. I think I missed it. <laughs> no, that's okay. Say what? It was the very beginning. So he was, TJ had mentioned it um, in the very beginning of the sermon that it's an idea that God does not retaliate. Um, I'm probably going to have to dig more into that, that one. Because, um, yeah. I mean, he gives us what we, we reap what we sow. And it's not like God does things out of nowhere. Um, he does them for a reason. Yeah. And if punishment does come, then that means that we did de- deserve that punishment. Um, it's not like God just chose to, oh, I'm going to mess you up today. He doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, and then he, he goes on to talk about how, talk about the, the story of Stephen, um, from the Acts church and that whole story. I I love that story so much, uh, that, that guy is just incredible. And I feel like that's one of the, one of the small characters in scripture that's overlooked, uh, just because you see a small glimpse, glimpse of it. Uh, but I, I love to read that part because I mean, here's a man who who literally is about to lose his life. He's held down, he's held captive, and all these religious leaders are questioning him. Mm-hmm. And here he is just preaching the gospel. Yeah. This man's just preaching the gospel. And, and what's so cool is the Lord literally allowed him to preach this whole gospel. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure he goes through... Started off with Moses. Yeah, he goes from the very beginning to yeah. the very end. Yeah, the fact that these religious leaders would let him 
say this whole thing to them, I mean, that's God right there. That had to be. God shut their mouths for a moment <laughs> and allowed this man to speak. Yeah. And I think that's that's true that's a true testament of his faith and of not just uh what it should look like for him, but what it should look like for all of us. I mean, yeah. he was so patient. He could have said anything. He could have tried to uh bribe his way out of it. He could have tried to persuade his way out of out of, you know, ultimately his life are being taken away. Yeah. And here he was showing this patience like the Lord's got me. Mm-hmm. And you think that you're going to take my life away? No. Yeah. These are like his famous last words. And after he goes through everything in verse 54, it says, now when they heard these things, they were enraged. Yeah. They were mad. Oh, yeah. I mean, he literally walked through the gospel. He walked through. Walked through the whole gospel. Walked through everything. And then they took him and um, they stoned him. And then in verse 60, he says, and falling to his knees, this is Stephen. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Yeah. He quoted, as his last words, he quoted Jesus. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, I don't. That's, that's some strong stuff right there. Absolutely. I mean, even, I mean, I bet stoning had to be, being stoned had to be painful. Oh, yeah. I mean, people are just throwing rocks at you. And... The only thing on his mind was, don't hold this sin against them. And these people, as in, Jesus, uh, whenever people were literally killing Jesus and Stephen in this instance, all they could think about was, do not hold this against these people. Yeah. So let's turn it on to us now. Right. Whenever just the littlest things happen, let's say, oh... Whenever somebody does us wrong, not as far as killing us, but just does a little thing wrong, yeah. how do we treat them? Do we just, oftentimes we either just take them out of our lives or we ignore them for a month and don't right. even say anything to them. Or um, we don't even try to amend things or try to get on top of the problem, but with Stephen and Jesus, they're giving them grace and patience, even while they're uh, persecuting them and killing them. Uh. No, yeah, I, and that was the next thing that I had wrote down, uh, that while Jesus was on the cross, I mean, he had been beaten. He had to carry this, I don't even know how heavy this cross was, but it had to be pretty heavy uh, since someone else had to help him. The only thing that they're going to hang him on. That's right. what he had to carry up. Yeah. And and then for that for him to be hung up on this cross and all your weight just bearing down on you and you're just literally pinned by nails and the one thing that he had to say was you know father forgive them for they know not what they do mm-hmm. I mean those are that's patience right there yeah, that, is it not that's patience than anything else I I can't think of anything else that that would be right I mean he's He's not holding against, because he knew what he was going to do. Yeah. He knew what God has set out for him. Yeah. And he loved, he loved us so much that even though while we're trying to kill him, he said, don't hold the sin against us because we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And what, what I'd like to turn to is whenever people are persecuting you and having patience with that, um, I'm going to read out of Romans 12, uh, 12 and uh, 14. Romans 12, it says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And then in 14, it says, here's a good one. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Yeah. So there's this, this, radical, this radical teaching of Jesus, of what the world tells us today is somebody does us wrong, do them wrong back. Right. If somebody does hurts you, you hurt them back two times worse. Yeah. What Jesus says is whenever they do you wrong, bless them. Yeah. Love on them. Harmonize with them. Yep. And it's just totally against the grain 
of what the world wants you to do whenever things are going bad for you. Because it doesn't, bad for you. To, in our minds, it doesn't make sense. Why would you love someone who obviously doesn't love you back? Mm-hmm. And I think there, there is that, that, that misguidance right there that just because a people doesn't love you, you should turn your back to them. Uh, or if you're like mistreated, and don't get me wrong, I mean, there are some pretty, pretty horrible things that happen to people in this world. Yes. Um, and yet the Lord tells us, Jesus tells us, love them. The best thing that you can do is just love them with kindness, kill them with kindness, yeah. love them with patience. Mm-hmm. And like, it goes against everything that that we read about, yeah. that we see in movies, yes. that we uh, talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's truly, I mean, I had talked about this um, last Wednesday, and I told, told the students, uh, growing up, I was told if someone treats your sisters wrong, because I have two sisters, by the way, um, if someone treats your sisters wrong, you step up for them, and you make sure that that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. But what they mean by that is, like, if it gets physical, like, you need to get physical back. And... I don't think that's what scripture is referring, like referencing. I don't think that that's what that's what scripture wants. That's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. And so growing up, like I was literally taught that. And don't get me wrong, if there comes a time that you truly need to defend yourself, then yeah, defend yourself, but do it in a like in the in the in a right way rather than just saying, Hey, what'd you say to my sister? And then boom, yeah, punch just, to the face. Just sock him right in the face. Yeah. So I was literally taught that growing up, um, but then you read scripture and Jesus is just saying, you know, to the people who are literally hanging him on the cross and he's just like, Father, forgive them. He's speaking on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know, that's just super powerful. I mean, he, him, uh, Jesus and Stephen and a lot of other people in scripture, they were patient all the way to death. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it made me think, I know that we don't experience persecution uh, like, like some of these guys did and, or even some countries do right now. Um, but it made me think like if, if I was really held to the flame like that, what, what would be my, yeah. my instinct? Mm-hmm. And I truly, I love the Lord so much. I, I, I don't ever see myself denying him. And I know that's hard to say because like I said, I'm not held to the flame like that. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, a really, it's a really good thought that I had that whenever he was talking about all this and I had some time to really think about all these things that he was saying. And one thing I love that what TJ said is, I mean, what Jesus says is if the world hated you, they hated, just know that they hated me first. Yes. And, um, it's like you, you, whenever you retaliate and you're just like, well, Jesus, they did this to me. Oh, they hurt me this bad. But then Jesus can look right, bad at, right back at you and says, my own people literally shamed me and not embarrassed me, but they, they treated me wrong and I still loved them. Yeah. I told them, I told the father not to hold this against them. While they were hanging me on on a cross, um, just throwing bad words at me, just, just uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's just that that's one thing that pops up in my mind whenever I do get angry at somebody, or if I am to get mad, it's like, what have they actually done to me? They're not killing me. Um, yeah, they're not. They're not actually doing me wrong in a bad way. I mean, they might have said something mean to me. Or they might have taken something away from me, but they're not taking my life away from me. So yeah, I think that's kind of leads to my my next thought on this. Um, so I, I feel like as Christians, uh, and I experienced this in the youth, and even now, like on Sunday morning services, uh, a lot of a lot of people are afraid to raise their hand or to uh, say hallelujah or you know just be able to go up front and pray. And so we, we experience these moments of where we're shy, I guess, mm-hmm. or we're nervous 
Uh, we feel like people are going to look at us and judge us. And if you ever get that feeling in church, then I've, I've, I don't know, there's something missing there, right? Like we should be able to, to do these things boldly, not because like we want to show off, but because we loved Christ this much that we're willing to raise our hands yep. and praise God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're willing to uh, shout out hallelujah. And uh, like I'm not saying that if you don't do those things, that's wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying that whenever you, whenever you choose not to do those things, because you're afraid of what someone else is going to think of you. Mm-hmm. I think that's where that is misguided. I think oh, that's, yeah. that's wrong. We'll get into that later with the boasting and everything. Um, I think I have a, a pretty different view at the boasting thing. But um, that's kind of like last week. Um, what you're talking about whenever people do it in uh, like their own, try to make themselves look good. That's not from God. That's mm-hmm. not works from God. And you're doing it for yourself. So it's dead, basically. Yeah. So it's just like, if you're not, if you're doing things for your own self to improve your own self, then it's basically, you're the God of your own life. You're not surrendering to the one true God. Yeah. You're living your own life how you're wanting to, okay. which I'm excited to get into boasting. Okay. So, okay. Um, one verse I do want to bring up with um, like persecuting and treating, treating people who do persecute you is Second Timothy. Uh, 2 and 24, and it says, And the Lord's servant, as in believers, must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading uh, to the knowledge of the truth. So we're supposed to treat, I mean, all throughout this, all throughout scripture, it's literally just, it's telling you, don't be mean, like, let's just bring it down. Don't be mean to people, basically. Um, Even whenever they are persecuting you, be patient while enduring evil. Um, And whenever you do have to correct your, whenever you do have to correct somebody, whenever they are saying mean things to you, don't do it in a bad way. Like, some people live like, oh, that's mean. Why do you say that to me? Just saying, hey, yeah, as it says here, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Yeah, with gentleness. And being gentle with it. Yeah. I mean, not just coming out of full force and just... Right. Like arguing with someone. Exactly. Or debating with someone. Uh, and this was one thing that I, I think I grew up uh, whenever I was a, a new believer. I had this idea, uh, as long as I'm using scripture, then I'm always in the right. Mm-hmm. Like. I literally had that thought yeah. that if if I'm in a conversation with someone and it turns into a heated debate and I start referencing scripture, then I'm always right. Mm-hmm. And that person's always wrong. Like, because how can you argue with scripture, right? Yeah. But that's a wrong concept. Yes, that is. <laughs> that is wrong. That is truth. It's just scripture like Scripture is not about being right or wrong. Yeah. It, it's this, I mean, it's, it's truth, um, but it's coming at like scripture. You don't approach someone like debating just debate scripture you know what i mean yeah like i feel like that's almost disrespectful to god's words mm-hmm. uh for that very reason because you're supposed to be kind and loving yeah. and gentle with people even whenever they're um like trying to turn this into an argument mm-hmm. and turn this into a debate it shouldn't ever get to that point and i've been told if you're ever having a conversation with a non-believer or maybe someone who's not 100% sure on what they believe and you start trying to um, basically persuade them that, hey, like, my God is awesome and this is what he's done. Like, you don't just, you don't debate. If it turns into a debate, then you just walk away or you say, okay, you know what, let's do this some other time. Yeah. Or, hey, like, can I get back back with you on this topic? Here's my number. Um, just because no one's, if someone already has a hard heart, yeah, their walls already gone up. Their defense mechanism has already gone up. Amen. They're not going to accept Christ into their heart. Yeah, they're just. It's there for an argument's sake. Yes. It's not really. I mean, I've gotten into this oftentimes of um, like talking to people, and next thing I know, I do get in a debate, and then it's like I, I finally stepped back and I realized. Some people are, are, their hearts are just hardened. They don't want to hear the truth. They just want to argue. Yep. Um, 
I'm trying to, I think it's in Matthew, um, where Jesus says, um, where he sent out uh, his people to go share the gospel. And he tells them, uh, if they don't listen to you, basically, wipe the dust off your feet and move on. Yeah. And it's like... If they don't accept you. Yeah, if they don't accept you. So it's, if it doesn't happen, and you can just tell where the, where the, where their argument's going or where the, where the conversation is going, it's just best to walk away from it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, they most likely won't listen to you, but then you might have planted a seed and you might have brought Jesus into their heart in some kind of way. Yeah. And then you can come back and revisit that conversation. Absolutely. So it's just basically taking a step back before you get too heated, before things get out of control, and just let God do his thing. Absolutely. For a little bit, because you can't do anything. So I had a really cool—I know we're off topic here, um, but that's okay. This is, we can do whatever we want in the podcast. Amen. <laughs> um, I had this really cool encounter. Um, I was in Serbia for a uh, mission trip, and there was a, a gentleman. We, th- we had spent a couple hours trying to preach the gospel to whoever would listen, right? So we would approach them, and we had a unique way of approaching them. Uh, it was always, hey— we had a translator there, and he was an American kid. He was probably my age at the time, so like 21-ish, uh, 22 maybe. Mm-hmm. And he lived in Serbia. He was, um, I can't remember what program it was, but basically he had learned how to speak their language. And so the way that we would approach them, approach natives there where, hey, uh, we have some Americans here and they're just wanting to know where to go, like what, what they need to go check out. Um, can you help us out here? Can you give us directions? And so they would, they would help us out. And then, and then we would start the conversation, right? Yeah. Like, hey, do you know Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like, do you, what do you know about? How does that work? So you would just tell the translator and then the translator would tell them? Yes. Back and forth like yes. that? Yes. Okay. So here is the interesting part though. And I don't know if this happens quite a bit or not, but um, a lot of people, once we got to that conversation about Jesus, they completely shut down and they would straight up say, oh, I don't know English. Like, I, I can't have this conversation, basically. Yeah. And so they would just walk away. And so, uh, or they would say, I don't have time. I think that was a number one thing. I don't have time. And so... We got to like three or four people before we approached this guy on, on a bench, and we were in a dog park. Hmm. And this guy was just sitting on this bench by himself, and so we approached him, and we, our first question was, hey, do you speak English? He looks up at us, and he says, well, it's the only language that I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It was like this 80-year-old man. Um, he was just chilling at this park. I don't think he was with anyone. Uh, we we're like, well, this is great. Like, this is perfect. Yeah. Literally perfect. And so we said, hey, like, can we sit here? And he was like, yeah, sure. And so we got to talking. I told him what we were doing um, in Serbia. And he was like, really? Wow, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, if you want, like, we can go and have some coffee because coffee's like big there. Yeah. There's like a coffee shop almost on every corner like it is here in the U.S., hmm. right? Uh, so coffee is is big time there. So we go to this coffee shop, um, and we're having this conversation. And ultimately, it didn't go the direction that we wanted it to. Yeah. Because then it started going into this debating type mm. thing. Like, well, I don't believe because of this. I don't believe because of that. Yeah. And it see it may to us it probably felt like a loss, but that was like a couple of years ago. If that man is still living, who knows? The Lord could have planted a seed in his life, yeah. and just to bring this full circle here, the Lord could have planted a seed in his life. Mm-hmm. And I have no, I don't get to see that. Maybe one day when I'm in heaven, mm-hmm. I'll get to see that. Yeah. Um, but I know ultimately the Lord is the one that provides the growth. Yeah. 
Amen to that. And so we, the only thing that we can do as Christians is just be obedient to his word. And what are the odds? Right. You guys being there and you literally, all he knows to speak is English. Yes. You guys are missionaries. And it's, you guys meet in a dog park. Yes. In the middle of Serbia, you said? Serbia, yep. Yeah, what are the odds And of he that? didn't even have a dog. <laughs> At a dog yeah, park with right. a dog. What a weird, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I think we're about to move on to the next topic. Yeah, let's um, go ahead. But I, I want to leave you guys with this. Um, this is in Matthew 43 um, from Jesus. He says, you have heard that is what, that is, let me restart that. You have heard that it was said. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of, of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. Yes. Yes. Um, summary of what we're talking about. That, that is a humbling verse right there, because as a Christian, you could easily say, like, like if you hear the prosperity gospel, yep. it's like if you come to know Christ, like he's going to bless you with all these things, right? Or you're going you're gonna to have uh, like abundance in wealth or abundance in, you know, a healthy life or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That, that verse right there completely destroys what the prosperity gospel stands for. Because how often, and I don't know if everyone does this or if some people do this, um, but we we can tend to look at people and say, man, I'm glad I'm not struggling like they are, right? Mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm not addicted to this or that, or I'm glad I don't have that problem because look at where that got that person. Yeah, You know, this person's living on the street. This person hop- is hopping from house to house. Uh, you know, whatever the situation is. And that is not, that's not true at all. Uh, the, like, like that verse says, the Lord shines on both sides mm-hmm. and it he loves all people not just believers but even non-believers because his hope is that one day that person will come and follow and accept Christ into their heart amen and if if he only chooses to bless the believers then i feel like there's no opportunity for for growth in someone else's life who's not a believer. And that's basically forcing our belief on someone else. Yeah. Like, hey, if you want to be blessed in this way, the only way is through Christ. Yeah. Then you'll get all this and that. But um, no, I mean, we're called to love on everybody. Right there, Jesus shoots down what the world says. He literally says, yes. and you have heard that it, is what sa- that it was said, as in the world, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. He just shoots that down. And he right in the very next verse. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who uh, persecute you. Yeah. So I feel like that's a good little summary of Absolutely. being patient and kind. And that's what we're moving into next, right? Kindness? Yeah, kindness. <laughs> um, love is kind. And uh, I wrote down, this is giving to those, even if they don't deserve it. Uh, kindness. I know you can show kindness in, in just like opening the door for someone, right? Like yeah. that's showing kindness. Uh, but with our faith, our faith also comes with action. And so offering, or it says, uh, giving to those even if they don't deserve it. If someone, if one of the, uh, there's a person in your life that you know that there has just been this this struggle to maintain a good, healthy relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And they're always talking down on you. And maybe you know in your heart, like, you don't like that person very much either. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason. And that person encounters a situation where a sibling passes away or a parent passes away or they're in some, like, desperate need of help mm-hmm. in some way. And you see that they need comfort. Yeah. How great would it be for you to show your kindness to them and offer them a meal? Offer them, Kill them with kindness. some, yeah, literally offer them a moment and just say, hey, like, how can I pray for you? Yeah. Like putting aside away your differences 
because that doesn't even matter. Now, now we're relating yeah. to each other because we both have family that we love. We both experience loss. We both encounter situations that we wish don't exist, but we know because of this sinful world, they do exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, man. I mean, um, that's exactly right because just a little kind of acness. Actness of kindness. <laughs> kindness. <laughs> a little act of kindness can go so far and it can do so much because if just think about this if you're yelling at somebody and you're just chewing into them and they say, God bless you. God bless you. I hope yeah. you have a good day. Like you just look like the bad guy there. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's just like it. What it, it can just change perspectives like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. Then it can bring on a season of forgiveness or a season of, of, of apologizing. Just even just being kind. And even whenever someone is being mean to you, like, like Cruz was saying, um, whenever there's that, um, what is it? Whenever, um, I'm trying to think here. What did you say again? About what part? Um, whenever the family member thing, like they're being mean to you. Okay, back on track. <laughs> whenever they're being mean to you, or just be kind to them because it can go so far. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, just to kind of, we're coming, we're coming up on our closing time here. Um, <laughs> we got so far. This is a um, longer podcast. This is awesome though. So. Paul is even talking about not what not just what love is, but he even goes to the depth of explaining what love is not. Yeah. And honestly, if you really think about that, how bad is that if someone has to tell you what love isn't? Yeah. Like does someone really have to tell you uh like the do's and don'ts in this world, like don't steal, don't kill, don't, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. Like those I feel like those are just already written rules. That we just know inside inside of our head, yeah. inside right. of our hearts. Yeah. And so Paul has to go the extra step and and explain what love is not. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just do these things. Yeah. But I think people I think we do need that guidance. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because like I said, there are kids like me that grow up and they were taught to think a certain way. Yeah. And then Paul is like here saying well, hey, sorry, bud, but that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That is not part of love. That's not what love is. Yeah. Um, so I wrote down here, um, love is not jealous. It is not envy. It is not boast. There are two types of jealousy. Yes. The first is wanting something that belongs to someone else. Mm-hmm. So if I see that my neighbor has a really nice truck and I'm like, dang, I want that. But then there's also a second, second kind of jealousy and it's, Um, I don't want that person to have that. Yeah. Like I, this is jealousy in a way of where you almost hate that person. And it's like, dang, I don't, I don't want them to even have that at all. Mm -hmm. Super jealous of it. They don't deserve it. You know, I should have that. Yeah. I should have that. I, I, Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's just some things I wanted to like bring up was like, what brings up jealousy, right? Towards others. And some things I wrote down was like social media. Yes. People post things online. Like they show the good side of their lives. Right. They're posting, oh, I went on this trip. I went here. The exciting parts of their life. Yeah. And then jobs of like somebody is to maybe get a job over you or this person has a really good job or they're just living life. Like yeah. they, they don't have to do much, but they're making a buttload of money. And then success. Being jealous of somebody else's success of they're doing it right. And I wish that I could be doing that. That's envy. Because God set, God sets you out in the path that he wants you to do. And in James, it says every blessing comes from above. Every blessing that we get, because we're blessed on, the, on this earth um, with everything that we receive. We come in this world with nothing, and we leave this world with nothing. So everything yeah. that we receive that is a blessing comes from God himself. Right. Um. So it's, I think, especially in in society today, social media is a huge one because people are so quick to post about the good things in life. You know, 
oh, I went in. I just got this new truck. It's a new 2022 Dodge Ram, this and that. Yeah. Or um, I just went on this trip to Bora Bora. Just posting right. like these edited pictures that look absolutely amazing. But it what it causes is sometimes people are like, I want that. Yeah. I wish that I could be doing Dang, that. Dang, I wish I was there. Yeah, I wish that I could. Why can't I be doing that? Yeah. Whenever you're maybe doing something that God's calling you to do, but you're seeing these things. And you're like, man, I really wish I was doing that. I'd much yeah. rather be doing that than this. Yeah. And it's just that envy of wanting what they got. Yeah. Basically. And social media is not bad. No. Like it's, it's, we're not saying uh, that it's bad to post stuff um, and post the exciting parts of your life because like God wants us to give him glory mm-hmm. whenever we experience a blessing in our life. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, how you post it, if you're, if you're posting it just so you can show people how great you are, then obviously that, that just, that's common sense, right? Yeah. Um, so it's not bad to post. It's just it leads people to this idea of, like what you're saying, yeah. man, I wish I had that in my life. Mm-hmm. On the other end of that, right? On the, so you post it, but then on the other end of that post, someone's probably struggling. And... They want that for their lives, and they're trying so hard to get that, and it's it almost seems like it's out of reach. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just blinding us mm-hmm. for what God has placed in our lives. Uh, it's kind of like the the scene where I think it was Peter and John, and Jesus is talking to. Uh, I know this is bad. He's talking to one of them, and and then the, one of the disciples says, well, what about that guy? What about that person? Mm-hmm. And Jesus, in response, says, don't worry about that person. Yeah. Like, this is what I have for you. Mm-hmm. That's, exa- that's, ex- that's where I look to. That's what I am reminded of, of that whole scene, because yeah. that's where we are in today, mm-hmm. today's world. Well, what about that person? Look how, look, look how much success that person's having. Like, look how many kids or look how many uh, people they're, they're helping come to know Christ. That God does not care about that. He cares more about you being obedient to His will for your life because mm-hmm. it's going to look different. Like I said last week, we're not all blessed in the same way. Yeah, yeah that's what TJ said. Um, it's going to be really bad, too. I forgot what he was, what he was saying, but he... Or the people group that he was pointing towards. Um, but he literally said, some of you guys are going to have these things, and some of you guys aren't going to have all these things. It's yeah. just that jealousy part. Yes. And in Philippians, it's in Philippians 4.19, it says, and my God will supply every needs of yours according to the riches and the glory of Christ Jesus. Yes. So all the everything that you will be supplied is what God is in, intending you to have. He doesn't want you to have, he maybe doesn't want you to have any more or any less. He maybe doesn't want... Maybe God's timing, no, not maybe. God's timing is more important than your timing. Absolutely. In, maybe you didn't get that job because it's not the time for you. Or maybe you weren't able to get that house because God has another place for you to live. Absolutely. Or this, it's all in God's timing and what God supplies you is enough. It should be enough. Absolutely. Because they're all blessings that come from above. Let me, I'm going to say something here and... Uh, I don't mean this in a very disrespectful way. I don't mean this. Like I, I, I say this with the most, with basically uh, tippy toeing across this, um, because I know it was a, a traumatic event. Um, but nine eleven, mm. how many of those people who are who are about to board one of those planes and either something happened, they missed their flight. Um, so basically, the survivors people who missed their flight or people who um, for whatever reason happened, they, they did not board that plane. Mm-hmm. How many of them probably said at first, dang it, I'm going to get fired. Like, dang it. Why do I always uh, like do this? Uh, I'm going to get, I'm going to be in so much trouble. Like I, I hate this. And then you look at the other side of that and that was a huge blessing. Yeah that that person could not see at the time, mm-hmm. but they see it now. 
And so I know that those are two different traumatic events. Uh, Like if you were to um, miss a meeting or you didn't get the job or whatever happened, but there are other side of things that you can't see. Mm -hmm. We don't know the future. Right. We don't know the future. Yeah. But only God can. And just being, and, and just saying, okay, you know what, Lord, I don't know why I can't get this job. I don't know why I can't, uh, like this isn't going right, but I'm just going to trust you through this. Yes. And if we, if, if we are to truly, and if we truly say that we are Christians, we submit our lives to God, why wouldn't we be content with the things that he blesses us with? Yes. Why wouldn't we be happy with the things that he gives to us or the opportunities that he gives to us? And then I think, do you want to continue on with jealousy more? Do you have any more jealousy? Um, no, I think that was it. It's kind of going on to the boasting thing. I'm going to move on to boast. I listened to this sermon about it. And it's going on to those opportunities in life. Whenever God calls us to go do something, like you know, you know that feeling. I'm getting that, I get that feeling often. And I'm getting that feeling right now in a particular season in my life or part of my life. And whenever he's calling you to go and do something and you may blow it off or you, God's telling you to go talk to that person, but you say, oh, I don't have time. That's boasting to the Lord that I am more important. Absolutely. I, I, it's not like my, my life time. is far more important. My plans yes. are more important yes, than your plans. It's, that is a way of boasting to the Lord of he calls you to go and do something. And, and I know it's a feeling because I get that. I, I, I know whenever, I think everybody knows when the Lord is calling them to go and do something. But whenever we blow that off, that is a sin as well. That's a sin to God. Yeah. Whenever he's Disobedience. Calling, yeah, he's calling you to missionary or he's calling you to go to this person's house and go talk to them. You see that person across the street or he's telling you to go help that person in some way and you don't do it. That is a sin to God and you're boasting in your life that I don't need you. I got this. I can control my life. I can do all this on my own. Like I can make my own decisions, even though oh, I'm trying to remember where it's at, but our life is just a mist, right? Mm-hmm. It says in scripture, our life is but a mist. We're here and there in a span of eternity. We're literally just a mist in the air. What are we here for? What's the average average age for a male? Like 80 like something? Like 80, yeah. That's nothing. That's yeah. nothing compared to eternity. Yeah, absolutely. So why would you waste, why would you disobey the one true living God of what he wants you to do and what he has set out for you to do? Whenever we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, whenever we live in our own selfish ways and we're going out through life of, oh, me, me, me. I want, I, I want this job. I want to make all this money. I, I want to have this big of house. But we don't control anything. We don't know what's going to happen in this next moment. A, a plane can crash through this house. Mm-hmm. Or um, just anything tragic can happen at any moment. We don't control anything. We, could be, we, think, we can believe that we're set on this dead path of, I know what my life's going to look like, and I'm going to get it done. Yeah. But if you're a Christian, you submit your life to God and you tell Jesus, my life is yours. Absolutely. Do what you want with it. Take take my sins away. Take everything that I have and let me live for you. And just setting out and doing what he wants you to do. Yeah. Hmm. That's some good stuff. Um, the la- one of the last things here... Uh, of a selfless kind of love uh, was taught was the love that Jonathan had for King David. Mm-hmm. This was before David was actually king, um, but it was First Samuel twenty verse seventeen, and it says this. Uh, and Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Um, that is. I don't know if you have a great friend like this. Uh, there are a couple guys in my life that that are not my brothers mm-hmm. by blood. Oh yeah, but I would almost do anything for them. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. And there are people in our lives where we have we have that relationship, 
And I think that is what this should look like. We should all have people in our lives, kind of wrapping it back around to um, what uh, Shannon and Chad experienced, that it wasn't their own flesh and blood that was there. And I'm sure they, they had their flesh and blood here yeah. uh, supporting them, but it it was their house church. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's this... I think that it, that there's truth right there that there are people in our lives who are not our flesh and blood, but they can probably relate to us more than our flesh and blood could and comfort us yep. and be there for us and love us as if they were to love their own soul. Yep. I mean, you, you almost long for that. Mm-hmm. And this is not a relationship between um, two spouses, like a husband and a wife. I mean, this is this is two dudes who, and this is like a righteous love, and so it's not wrong. Yeah. Like they they love each other as if they are brothers, yeah. like legit brothers. Going back to feeling, yeah, kind of love, like brotherly love. And I don't know, I love stories like that. Yeah, just because it it sh- it shows true depth of what love can do. Like you're willing to go against, Jonathan was willing to go against his father. Mm-hmm. He knew his father was in the wrong, but he was going to go against, he was willing to go against his father to protect his best friend. Yeah. And that's what love is. Amen. Amen. <sighs> Are we done? Are you good? I think we're good. <laughs> um, okay. So I didn't say this last time. Um, we do have our. We do have the podcast uploaded from last week. If you go check out uh, The Back Porch, that is the official name of this podcast, The Back Porch. And then you probably have to type in Cruz Chavez. Uh, so until we get popular and start getting more followers, um, you're probably going to have to search that. So go go like, follow, follow. Um, Five stars. Five stars, or please. Six stars. Yeah, six stars. <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> um, share it with whoever, whoever needs to hear this. I mean, we're here to reach the audience that has some downtime on their drive to work. Uh, maybe they're playing this in the background while they are working. I mean, we want to reach that audience that has some time to listen to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we also have, again, this is through The Porch in Inola. We have a a Facebook page. We have a website. Go like and follow that page as well. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Peace out. God bless. Mm -hmm.